All right, guys, welcome back to the S3 podcast. I'm Mike. That's Wooly, dude with the dreads. Uh, we got a lot to talk about tonight. We're going to start talking with uh, Ford. I know they've been in our news a lot lately, but Jesus, they just can't stay out of it. So they had a big recall. We're going to go over with the, the new Mustang Mach-E. We're also going to talk uh, recession stuff that's going on. There's a lot of, uh, you know, pretty scary stuff happening right now. So Wooly, kick it off for us. Right. Okay. Um, sorry, give us a minute, guys, because we've been out of town and uh, we got to, you know, ease back into this a little bit. But um, I feel bad because we are just constantly pounding on Ford here. Uh, but then again, Ford's given us a lot of content. Um, not that they're the only car company doing stupid things. I think that there's a lot of car companies doing stupid things. Uh, but I think that either Ford is being very vocal in an open book about the stupid shit that they're doing, or their PR company is bad and can't seem to control the things that the CEO and CFO just kind of say. Um, I, you know, for the record, I don't think that Ford has spurts of genius and then spurts of really just frustrating blunders. Uh, that's kind of the way it is, it, you know, and that doesn't mean that GM is not uh, just floundering in their own special way. They're just not getting their media out as well. Um, so having said that, I guess the latest Mach-E news um, is that Ford has issued a recall on the car. Uh, it's a substantial recall. Uh, I'll, I'll get to what it is in a minute, but the important thing is that they can no longer deliver uh, the Mach-E's until they get this solved. So it's not a stop sale. You can still order the car. Um, so they say, although I went online and it's not exactly that easy, but you, you can order the car and you can't take delivery of the car until they fix this issue. The issue is that Okay, I, I'm not going to pretend that I'm like an EV guru or even an electric guru, but there is what they call a contactor in their little, you know, press releases or news releases or whatever. I think that is essentially a relay, um, and I, I I can infer that this relay is mm, questionably made overseas and then shipped in for these cars, and so. When you are fast charging the car at like a charging station, or if you're doing like back to back to back, just full throttles, just hammering on the thing and generating heat, you can essentially melt this, we'll just call it a relay. Um, and what it's doing is it's, it, 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 it can basically make the connection, um, kind of arc it or weld it together, so to speak. And if that happens, you lose all drive power. So the car just, dies wherever it is at that time. Um, don't quote me on this. I feel like when this news first came out, I read something about, or it could go into full throttle, depending on how that thing, mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever arcs, that would be a whole lot more concerning <laughs> of a situation, but I haven't read anything else about that. So either they are covering that scary thing up and that's why they're doing the, the, you know, stop delivery or else that was just something I read one time. You can't trust anything you read. Um, 
I, I hope that's not true. That, that's what happened to Toyota back in like the, it was like the early 2000s. They had a lot of uh, throttle body sticking issues. Um, this is not. from that. Yeah, this is not mechanical, though. This is electronic. So it's a whole different ballgame. Like if, if it seizes open or closed, I would assume it would do two different things. I don't know. Obviously, they're concerned enough about the problem to where they need to kind of pull sales. Um or at least pull deliveries. Um, all right, so let me get my thoughts back together. That, that in and of itself, it's news, but it's kind of understandable. I do not look. I mean, EV technology is is um, you know it's new, it's unchartered, and they're pursuing this stuff. They're going to have growing pains, and I think that the people that are buying these cars you need to be patient. You need to understand that you are, you know, pioneering this with them, right? So there's going to be growing pains, and I get that. Um, what's frustrating to me is that this this EV thing has been absolutely just, I don't know, cult-like pushed on us, right? It's like they pound it into our damn heads and if you don't agree that EV is the future, well, then you hate the planet. You know what I mean? And that's just the way it's it's mm. going now. And, and you know, the car manufacturers are saying the EV is the future. They're saying it because the government is making them make EV the future. So they have to say it because it's where their money's going. Like this whole thing is, is, is really damn stupid, right? And so what didn't, should be... Um, sorry to cut you off, but didn't... Didn't the big three have a big meeting in the White House just a couple of weeks ago? It was months. kind of a hush thing. Yeah, a months ago, months ago, there was a meeting and Elon mm -hmm. Musk was notably not invited to represent mm -hmm. Tesla. So what the hell was said in that meeting? And then after said meeting, why is everybody just, bam, EV's the future, EV's the future, gas is going up to astronomical, a lot of things are happening to where somebody could connect the dots that, hey, maybe this isn't all just coincidence or whatever. Um, the problem is, as mentioned, now gas is, is at record high levels. Um, consumers, the, the majority of consumers in America could really benefit from an economical car that gets good MPGs, that's affordable and also available would be nice. Um, but that option has been removed from the table by a lot of car manufacturers, right? There, there isn't, even if it was, you know, three years ago, it would have been a $20,000 car. Fine. That car would be $25,000, $26,000 right now. That's still kind of stomachable. But now they've taken those cars away and the big solution to our stress, which is high gas prices is, well, you can buy this 50 plus thousand dollar electric vehicle. Well, now, no, the fuck I can't because you guys have rushed it to market and you're having problems, which in and of itself, I understand. But when you have pushed it and removed the other options and now you're having problems, that has become a real frustration to me um, that for the second time in this century, hell, in the last 17 years, we're dealing with um, record high ga gas prices. Again, we're dealing with a, a very, very fragile economy that's teetering on the end of a cliff here. Again, 
And again, we're dealing with car manufacturers that are ill-prepared and, and somehow, you know, not ready for this. When three years ago, a company like Ford was very ready for this. They had a very versatile lineup of things from a Fiesta to a, you know, a Raptor, for, for example. You know what I mean? And now they've taken away all the cars, save for the Mustang. Um, the only vehicle that is an appropriate option for the current situation of high gas prices is like the entry level is the Maverick, but you can't actually get that car because of all the shortages and whatnot. It's a pain. So the whole thing is just really irritating. If you're going, I don't know how to say it. Like you can't, we've said it before, EV needs to be pursued. It's worth pursuing. It's worth investigating. You cannot throw out a hundred years of innovation on internal combustion in five years to replace it with EV, which we don't know anything about long-term. And that's besides the fact that there's all sorts of environmental questions. So I'm not even getting involved in the environmental aspect, but like, you know, you start digging into it and you can look at some of it on our website, like where are the supplies coming from, from the batteries? Okay, so now we're becoming reliant on China and other countries to make American cars. China's not really caring about our American cars because they're wanting to get into the car game and now they've cornered the market on cobalt. There's a lot of stuff going on that we should have learned from the many, many lessons that we've gotten in the last seven years, not to be so dependent on on other countries. Um, it's a bad situation. And, and I think, you know, with this, with this Mach-E recall, it's bigger than the Mach-E recall. It's a sign of, of issues that we're going to see popping up with these cars that are overpriced and that we don't really have any long-term livability with and we don't know how that's going to go. Ford right now, <clears throat> they, um, they know that they know what the problem is, the problem, you know, with the car, but they don't have a fix for it yet. And they're going to throw words around and tell you that they, you know, they're on it and it's going to be a couple weeks, but like, from reading in between the lines, they, they're they talking about it's a contactor, a.k.a. relay. That is hardware. But then they're talking about, oh, no, but we're, we're going to send out a software update that's going to fix it. Well, what I'm hearing is you're going to send a software Band-Aid to essentially detune something to where the resistor won't get as hot that doesn't sound like a fix. That sounds like a, eh, let me just tune this down a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, what? what's, I don't know, man. I, I would be really suspect of what's going on. I've got a little bit of a theory on this, and it's just a theory, but let, let's go down my rabbit hole really quick. You know, last week I was talking a lot about the statements that Ford made where they were, long story short, they were essentially wanting to cut out the dealerships and go to all online sales, right? So they pissed off a lot of dealers. And just a couple of days ago, they walked those comments back and said, no, 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 that's not what we meant. The dealer network is, is a massive strength for us. We need to keep it going. But what if you do need a mechanical fix for this, but all your dealers are like, screw you, man. We don't know how to work on your EVs. And you're telling us we're not allowed to sell them. We're sure as shit not going to fix them. What if that's what's happening? Because it's not like, I mean, well, what's the other option? Are, are Ford techs just going to scour 
the freaking U.S. and the world fixing these contactors? Or did all the cars need to go back to Michigan to be fixed? They really got to go to the dealers. This is why you have to have dealers and service centers. Well, and if they're going back to the dealers, Ford is going to have to pay those dealers <laughs> to work on these cars. Mm -hmm. Ford is already quickly becoming upside down in this Ford Mach-E. I read somewhere that <clears throat> the, the battery costs, again, because we're not in control of these supplies that we're using to make the batteries, the battery costs are going up by the freaking day, uh, you know, mm -hmm. the week or whatever. It now costs $18,000, I think, for the battery in the Ford Mach-E. So, um, there were some numbers that came out the other day. Now I'm seeing that they're maybe not 100% true, so they've kind of corrected themselves. But the original figure that was thrown out, and I'm looking at it right now, was saying that the price to create the battery for the Mach-E had increased by, increased by $25,000. Now the Ford CFO said that that's not 100% right. So we don't know what the actual figure is, but you gotta think it's a lot. And the question is, what's that gonna do to the price of the car? And now, something we didn't even think we were going to have to worry about, now you have to say, well, what if I pop the freaking battery on this thing? What if I'm cruising along and I do a pull or, or hell, I'm charging it at a, at a fast charging station and something happens and it just, one of those contactors goes bad and I pop the battery. How much is that thing going to cost to replace? You know, I mean, you're already in on a car that's going to be damn close to $100,000 especially if these numbers are anywhere close to correct. And then you got to put a new battery in it. I mean, man, this is getting really expensive really fast. We're talking about <laughs> cars here, not houses, but we're getting into housing pricing territory pretty quickly. Yeah, it, it, it's no longer green. It's no longer even a, a, a sensible, justifiable choice like what Mo Again, I can't speak for all Americans because America is a vast land of all sorts of different needs. But like what a lot of Americans need is an economical car that freaking works and that in 10 years they can sell for something to buy the next one, something that's serviceable, something that's rebuildable. And it would be damn cool if maybe it was a little bit fun to drive and had some sort of character or soul to it. I'm not holding my breath for that. Um, and again, I have, a, this is, uh, this is the S3 podcast. So we're free to talk about our theories or suspicions or whatever, whether or not it's fact. I have, I have just a, a, a hunch that China, who is in control of the cobalt and cobalt is what extends range in a battery. I don't, I think they're blackballing American car companies now. And I don't think that that's out yet, but I think that Basically, China is not really concerned with getting the stuff that we need for the batteries in our Ford Mach-E. China is going after creating electric cars and owning the battery segment. So I think that's part of why Ford's battery that they thought they could rely on is now going up astronomically. And they've developed this car and they've got a lot of problems because they can't get the parts that they need for the car that they developed. And um, I think because they've pounded it into our heads so much that EV is the future, like they're in a bad spot, right? Because they have to keep, oh no, this is good. This isn't actually a problem. Holy shit, this is a problem, guys. Like, what are we gonna do? You know, like, 
you can't yeah, you can't spend two years plus marketing that EV is the future and then go psych that and we've talked about this it's either the future or it's the absolute blunder of automotive history they've gone so far in on this that you can't walk it back mm-hmm. I don't you know it, it's an it's an interesting and I know it's only one recall but it's um, um it's weird to me that the world governments are getting so involved in pushing this forward so hard. I mean, you've got Joe Biden coming out a couple of months ago and saying that by 2035, all new car sales will be EVs. You're not allowed to sell internal combustion engines anymore. Um, I think California actually signed it into law recently. I might be wrong about that, but I thought I read that they did. The EU just this past week voted and, and I think signed it to, to make it happen um, so that by 2035, every new vehicle that's sold is, uh, is an EV. And I've, I've just never seen governments kind of come together and regulate a market so hard like this. And I wouldn't have such a big problem with it if we understood the technology and had more proven examples like our our main example is elon musk and tesla but like ford you're not tesla it seems like ford is trying so hard to to become tesla they're they're trying to go with the online sales um that they're they're i mean everything that they're doing is just absolutely trying to copy elon musk and at best they're going to end up being a cheap imitation let's just call it what it is and ford was really good at being ford you mm-hmm. know what i mean really good like, at it and and there's a big difference between you know 10% of the cars being ev like tesla for example tesla can exist and be ev but when every other car tries to be an ev you're going to have massive problems mm-hmm. like you can't you can't say no we're ready for the technology because look tesla's been doing it for 10 years fine but like you know what i mean like because Tesla's been doing it, the world might sustain and the electric grid and everything else and the you know the minerals and that might sustain when Tesla's doing it. But now everybody is gonna do it. It's going to put strains on the earth, the grid. It's still using finite resources. It's not like we've replaced, you know, whatever, fossil fuels for like something that's totally renewable. It's still using finite resources. The only difference is it's not exploding. You know, it's not burning gases. Well, Um, because, I mean, how do you think they're making the power to charge these things? That's one thing. The other thing is we see EV manufacturing here in the U.S. as very green because we don't do the dirty part of the manufacturing mm -hmm. here in the U.S. We farm that out to other countries. Making those batteries is a dirty job. Like, like man, it is a dirty, dirty job. It is is not good. Um, but I guess it is what it is. This is kind of the roller coaster that we're on right now. That's the American mindset, isn't it? We market green to the people in the coffee shops that want to be green, and then you know we're pumping this stuff out in the rest of the world. That's that's you know destroying the world. It's causing deforestation. It's killing people. It's bad news. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it, it's, I don't, I don't know, man. It's, um, there's a lot that we don't know. 
Um, and that's why it's wise in anything to ease into the situation. You just don't barge into a into a freaking, I don't know, cowboy bar in the old west and not know what's in there. You know what I mean? Um, but having said that, so now Ford, for example, is struggling with recalls on the very product that they were so adamant was the future. Um, and now we're seeing a shift in the economy. Ford was uh, talking about recession prep. They're talking about uh, they're starting to see signs of, of defaults on their, you know, 0% interest, 84-month loan type of things that they were doing. So in the midst of having problems with the product that they were so adamant is the future, we're now seeing, uh, you know, the, the, the economy start to go down. Um, so what do you think that means? Like, what, what the hell kind of position are we putting ourselves in? Yeah, I mean, we're, I mean, we're playing a game of chicken right now that we're all about to lose because on top of trying to go into this new venture as a society and whole, uh, that's very expensive being EVs. You've also got a recession that is right around the corner. It's happening guys. I know a lot of people out there are trying to keep you pumped up and excited. It's coming. Um, the federal reserve is, is, it seems like they're they're pumping up uh, the numbers on the the loans, you know. Well, much every month. I mean, we we've got a lot of bad stuff kind of coming to a head all at the same time, and the the normal ways that we deal with this stuff, like normally when you're going into a recession, the Federal Reserve comes in and basically says, let's pump the brakes on this. We will ease this. We'll make lending easier. We're going to drop percentage points. But right now we're battling inflation so much, and the way to battle inflation is to increase percentage points. So it's like, which one do you want to make worse and which one do you want to kill first? You know, do you want to put us into a recession but ease inflation? Or do you want to ease inflation and maybe ease into the recession a little bit more? It's, um, and all this at the same time when everything, houses are, are freaking impossible to buy because they're too expensive. Cars are too expensive if you can find one. I mean, it's a... A little bit of a shit show right now, and I, I'm a little worried because I really don't know how the hell we're going to get out of this situation. Financially speaking, uh, I don't envy any of the people making decisions right now because, man, this is bad. I mean, what we've had is a shortage of cars, <clears throat> and it has driven up the price of cars. And you have to combine that with the inflation that we're experiencing because we just pumped fake money into the economy. But interest rates were low, right? And tell me if I'm wrong on this because I'm not an economist. Interest mm -hmm. rates were low. So even though the prices were getting stupid, people were just still, sign me up, whatever. You got to pay to play. You go, you know, so they were still buying. But like even yesterday, I believe they raised the rates three quarters of a percent, which was some sort of record. Yeah. Um so now we have a situation largest where, increase since 1994, three three quarters of a percentage point in a single day. But 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 we still have a shortage on cars. Cars are still higher than they've ever been. But now the interest rate is also higher. Yes. Why are people going to buy a new car? Like what if you're Ford, you're like. Phew. Well, the <laughs> answer is they're not going to. That's what causes the recession. 
you eventually get to a point, whether it's price or it's interest rate, but you get to a point where people are either not able to or else they're not willing to borrow money anymore. And if people are not willing to borrow money, the wheels on the economy goes from this to this and they just kind of stop turning. And that's that's what it is. It's an economic slowdown. So basically, the long and short of it is the Federal Reserve is like the United States Bank. It's the bank that sets prime, which is like a, their standard interest rate. And they also print all the money. So the Federal Reserve prints all the money and they take it and they loan it out to all the other banks. And then those banks basically say, OK, Federal Reserve, thanks for the money. We owe you two percent interest or whatever it ends up being on everything that you give us which means we have to take that money and we have to go loan it out at a higher interest rate than what you gave it to us for so that we can make profit and keep our doors open and do all of our banking stuff but it but what we're doing is we're giving people buying power we're letting them buy houses we're allowing them to start businesses we're allowing them to buy vehicles and it works as long as everybody is paying back their share but what Ford has found out, uh, remember, they've been doing like 84-month loans on some of these cars, which is insane. I remember when I first started driving, like, you got a three-year car loan, and that was it. That was your car loan. 84 freaking months? So that's why we're running into situations like this, because now you're having someone married to a car for a, an actual, like, real percentage of what a mortgage would be, you know? Yeah. And, and it's it's getting ridiculous because cars break down or else they don't hold their value or you get bored with it or whatever happens, you lose your job. Right now, Ford has already said their CFO, one of the biggest problems that they're facing right now is people are defaulting on loans. Now, in 2007, 2008, when the housing market crashed, that was what was really the telltale sign is so many people started defaulting on their mortgages. And the reason it crashed so hard, there's a lot more to it um, that had to do with basically the stock market selling people's mortgages uh, as investments, which was ridiculous to begin with. But car loans, the, you know, similar stuff is happening here. You're starting to see all the telltale signs of a hardcore recession coming up. It's people not paying their bills. Um, prices on everything is, is insane. People can't afford to live their day-to-day -day lives anymore. The next thing that'll happen is businesses will start to take what money they have and hold it close to the chest. They'll cut their marketing budget first, and then they'll start cutting non-essential employees. Now, I'm not talking non-essential in the COVID sense. I'm talking non-essential as in like, hey, uh, you did a good job here, but I think that guy can do your job on top of doing his job. So we're sorry right. for your service. Get the fuck out. Um, that's pretty much how it's going to go. And when people start losing their jobs, that's when everybody starts defaulting on all loans. And that's when it goes to shit, because if the person who bought the house can't pay back the bank, the bank can't pay back the Federal Reserve. Now you've got a massive problem because the bank that printed all the money and you rely on to print more of it to keep our economy going is not getting paid back what they're owed. That's what causes a financial collapse. And. I feel like that's what we're headed for. Cool. <laughs> Sorry, man. I am a numbers guy. I'm a money guy. And I kind of have that effect on people. If I say <laughs> stuff like, oh, my God, 
please stop talking. I'm sorry. I, I do that sometimes. My fault. <laughs> no, I mean, I get it. You don't have to be an economist to sense that we're heading towards something bad. I mm -hmm. just feel like, um, you know, I mean, with regards to cars, which is our little niche or whatever, like the manufacturers seem so completely out of touch with the consumers that I feel like a lot of this could be avoided and we just bulldozed into a disaster. And it's like, I mean, me and you have been talking about this. We see it coming and, and you know, here we are. So I feel like there's a lot of terrible decision-making going on. And what really drives me insane about it is like these CEOs and these guys making big decisions are supposed to be much smarter than us. They really are. Yet we see the stuff that they're saying and the decisions that they're making. We're like, what the fuck are you doing? What are you doing? Like, it amazes me that for the second recession in a row in less than 20 years. And trust me, me and Wooly know because we basically bought S3 at the beginning of the last recession. Okay. So, so I, I know the time frame. It's been right at 16, 17 years. And it amazes me that these automotive manufacturers are caught with their freaking pants down again, right at the most inopportune time. They're living high on the hog. Gas prices are low. The stock market's up. You know, oh, let's stop making the Econobox fun cars that everybody likes. Let's make everything 6,000 pounds, massive with V8, 10, 12 miles per gallon. Give the people what they want. Like Ford, for example, killed the ST and the RS lineup. That would have been great vehicles to have at our disposal to buy right now because they're four-door family cars. They're fun to drive. They're four-cylinder turbos. They get good gas mileage. That would be a great vehicle to have right now if you needed to go buy something to not have to pay ridiculous amounts of money at the pump. Instead, it's not an option because these guys got greedy. They thought they knew more than they actually do. And they went and they killed the best parts of their lineup. And now we're stuck being told we need, all need to buy EVs that for the most part aren't even freaking available. What, what, what are we doing? That's what, what I mean. You go, you go to Ford's website and they're no longer taking sales for the Ford Lightning for the rest of the year. And they are no longer able to deliver the yeah. Speaking Either of which, too big. Yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt, man. Uh, we we just read an article together right before we jumped on this podcast. Consumers don't believe that you, that 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 you manufacturers are actually going to get an EV truck out there. Okay. They they did a big uh, study on this. I think it was either Jalopnik or Car and Driver. I don't remember what we were looking on. But basically, the whole premise of it was they took all these people that had recently put down the refundable deposits on some type of truck EV. And 100% of them that had put down deposits on, uh, what was it? It was the new F-150 Lightning and the Silverado EV. 100% of them, every single one of them, had a deposit on another EV truck at the same time, just to see which one actually comes through first, because they don't freaking believe that you're actually going to get it done i mean i love tesla but how long ago was the cyber truck introduced 
years. Like they should be working on Gen Two right now and be releasing. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it's like what kind of? <clears throat> it's just you know, for people our age, I guess it's it's just we can't make sense of the way that the world is working. Mm-hmm. This isn't a GoFundMe. This isn't a startup company. These are automotive manufacturers that are essentially doing prepay, you know, like little GoFundMe on their EVs, and then they're not delivering. And I think, what I, what else were you reading? You know, Ford's trying to, whatever, fudge um, numbers and talk about how they had their most profitable year. Well, yeah. does that count? Are they counting profits of cars that they haven't made? And if so, how is that going to shake out when all these pre-orders get canceled? Yeah, I'm trying to find it. Ford, Ford, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ford, oh, crap, come on. Ford made money in 2021, raking in nearly $18 billion in profit. Granted, a lot of that was on the back of its stake in Rivian, which means they really didn't make much money making cars. But they dumped a lot of money into Rivian to start trying to make trucks. And the stock went up enough to where when they sold it, they made a massive profit. My question is, what else are they counting in that profit? Because, like, you know this firsthand. You and Casey, your wife, put a deposit down on a Bronco. Um, Do they count that as a sale? And surely that's profit because it's basically a sale until it's not. I mean, they have to count it as something, right? That's profit. It's basically free money for them until they actually deliver the truck to you. Yeah, I mean, if 200,000 people are putting down 100, 200, $300 as down payment, that's serious freaking revenue. So every time Elon Musk or Ford or something, you know, sketches out a car and makes one and rolls it out in a little online reveal, I mean, they're making absolute bank, but if they don't deliver on this stuff, which they're not delivering on this stuff, what, uh, yeah, what happens? It's all, it's all fake. It's, I guess it's real profits, but people are going to come call. They're going to have to answer for this at some point. They they have your money. It's a real profit until they have to refund it. I feel like, I feel like it's almost like the, the gym memberships. Like the best customer is the one that signs up, goes for a week, Mm -hmm. and then pisses off for the next 20 years and just never comes in to cancel their membership. Yeah. Uh, I feel like this is almost like that. Yeah, man. I don't know. Um, It's it's an absolute mess. And uh, I I guess we'll see where it goes. I don't know. You know, I don't know where it goes from here. We'll just have to see. Yeah. I, I, I think that the precedent was set in 08 that, you know, hey, who the fuck cares? Just keep going balls to the walls and we'll get bailed out. You know what I mean? We're, we're too essential to all of this or whatever. So I don't, I don't know if they're not, they're obviously not paying attention to what mass america wants they're listening to small little subsects or or control groups or stockholders or outside investors or something like that but but they're not in touch with what the people want obviously um and i think that it's like you were saying when you're younger you think that these ceos are like brilliant and then you get older and you realize 
not so much. Um, So I don't know. It, you know, it just, it's still surprising that these companies can just kind of make these blunders and survive. Yeah. And then you have new companies like Arivian that, you know, can barely make a truck, but are getting funded by, by all sorts of outside people. It is, it is a definite strange time. But a strange one for sure. It is amazing how much money those guys are pulling in from massive investors like Amazon and Google and Ford and really aren't making product yet. It's 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 mind blowing. It's gonna be interesting because you know EVs essentially threw a big ass rock into calm water, you know, and so mm-hmm. there's there's a bunch of people trying to seize opportunities, and there is no way that everybody comes out of this delivering on all of their promises. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're already not delivering on the promise. This is only gonna get worse. There's gonna be more recalls. Again, it's new technology. I expect that. But like anybody out there buying it needs to expect it too. whenever this type of thing happens. Don't be the guy that's like, oh, my God, how could this possibly happen? Use your brain. It's brand new technology. Only one company on the planet has even gotten close to perfecting this. And they still have issues, too. Ford just threw their hat in the ring and started making this. They're going to have a lot of issues. So is GM. So is Dodge and Porsche and anybody else who gets involved. They're all a freaking decade behind Elon Musk and Tesla. He has a 10-year head start on them because he actually had the foresight to start developing and working on this a long-ass time ago when they were kind of laughing and, you know, saying whatever they were saying about him. Yeah. It appeared to me that our U.S. government seems to be almost shunning Elon Musk. Um, I don't know if that's because of political affiliation or, or I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get into that side of things, but it is it enrages me to think that he I mean, he should be sitting at the damn head of the table. He doesn't even have a seat at the table. That's ridiculous. Well, he's interesting, though, because, you know, he doesn't play ball, you know, mm-hmm. like, yes, he has innovated the whole EV game and, and you know, like created this whole frenzy on all the other manufacturers but like he's kind of an awesome little american entrepreneur cowboy he can't really be controlled he's going to do what he wants to do and i think they don't like that and i think now at this point yeah they're talking to ford they're talking to gm and they're saying listen you know help us help you so that we can all whatever move forward together and be profitable and make each other rich and Elon is over there kind of uncontrollable so he's out <laughs> as far as it doesn't matter and this is why politicians suck if i'm a politician i want the guy in the room that's done it okay i, I want the best advisors advising me of how to control my economy and what we're doing moving forward if you guys are dumping this much time, money, resources, and emphasis into EVs, you should maybe talk to the guy who's done it. Yeah, well, you're not a politician. And if you were, you would be going, how can I get rich off of this now that it's got enough steam to where we know it's going to do something? Let's kick the guy that innovated it out and let's get us and our buddies rich. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Anyway, on that note, I feel like we've been talking for a minute long enough yeah all right well 
I don't know. I'm sure we'll hear some more dumbass news in the next couple of days, and we'll be back to talk about it. Maybe we can do one without talking about Ford. That would be great, because I feel like I'm just saying the, the, the word way too much. Anyway, guys, if you've made it this far, thank you for listening. Check out the website. We've got an app coming, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, keep following, keep listening. We love you.